This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hello. It's good to be back. We're in full preview mode. I don't remember what the sun looks like because I'm just in the lab cooking up the takes, you know, true. and that's how, du- that's how it's supposed to be. I've dusted off those little mini magazines from like 2003 that the newspapers had just to get, just to get a feel for it, just to, mm. just to see how Owen Craigie's preseason went. Just to start getting your eye in, you know, yeah. you got to return to the hits sometimes. You do. And um, joining us to talk all things Dolphins is their number one fan, uh, Brian Seney, better known online as NRL Physio. Brian, welcome. Number one or only, you know, like either way or only one on Twitter, it seems sometimes. But uh, yeah, no, good to be on, boys. Very excited to talk about uh, the Dolphins. There's dozens, there's dozens of you at this point. Sure. NRL Physio like, just announced his OnlyFans. That's what I heard. A couple of handfuls. <laughs> what, what would your OnlyFans content look like? Would it be just tape in tasteful places? I think my OnlyFans content would literally be not me sending out stuff, but the ability for people to send me photos, <laughs> body parts, and be like, what injury have I suffered? How many weird ankles and feet have been sent to you over the last couple of years? I, I'd, I If I opened an OnlyFans, I would have all the foot content. That <laughs> if, if you like weird swollen feet from guys <laughs> who play touch footy once a week, this OnlyFans so is for you. Your your OnlyFans content would be what you do usually. So it would just be physio yeah, stuff. Yeah, correct. But uh, not, yeah, like I'd get paid online uh, as opposed to in yeah. person. So well, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to add something just to make the whole process a little bit more perverted. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure we can figure that out. We will. Um, Brian, unlike every other preview we've done this year, we can't ask you what last year was like because uh, last year it doesn't exist. Uh, BDE, before the Dolphins era. So... I mean, I, I guess, mate. First of all, I mean, you, you know, you 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 were a Broncos fan, I guess. But um, what's it like having a team of your own for really the first time? Yeah, well, I think I came on your guys' podcast last year. I think when it all sort of came out and stuff like you that, and explained my story. But quickly, like I think, like grew up in Redcliffe, played my junior footy in Redcliffe, and then moved to Gympie. And in Gimpy, kind of uh, like still love my footy, obviously, big footy head and, and kind of split between the Broncos and the Cowboys a little bit, which I know is a bit controversial, but because you grow up just knowing the Dolphins and that was all it was, was, you know, going to Dolphin Oval and and your, your heroes were the Dolphins, not, you know, not NRL players really at that young age. Um, and then moving down to Brisbane to study and, and be a physio and gravitated more towards the Bronx because that was the team that you could see play every week and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, like I, I think I didn't really realize how much of a not Broncos fan I was until the Dolphins came in, if that makes sense. Because the, I guess, like while you followed the Broncos, the losses probably didn't hurt all that much, you know, those kind of things. I didn't, I wasn't a rabid fan, but since the Dolphins came in, you know, it just kind of reignites that that childhood right like i still followed the q cup and i'll note that you know last year the Dolphs did make the q cup final which was fantastic although they lost in the like final stages which was a bit devastating but uh yeah it's just good like it's been really good to sort of reignite that that childhood passion um you know i've had a lot of patients and stuff like that talking to me going oh how can you you can't abandon the broncos and and blah 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 but like i don't think i'm really abandoning the broncos in that i think it kind of was like I abandoned the Dolphins and now I'm just coming back to them, which is, yeah, it's it's a good feeling. 
Yeah, they've they've turned you back into a real boy. You know, they've really they've taught they've taught you how to feel, and you know maybe they, maybe they'll teach us all to love again. But that seems a bit unlikely to me, Bri, because like I love that story. I love how it was your junior club, and and now you're getting a chance to to see them in the big leagues. But I feel like that's not something the Dolphins have leaned into. You know, oh. what I mean, they're not calling themselves Redcliffe; they're calling themselves the the the, which you know, there's been a thousand jokes about that, and there will be a thousand more. But I'm curious, as like someone who's sort of like born and bred up that way, is Dolphins fever like sweeping that northern part of Brisbane? Are they going crazy for it? Are, like, have the Finns done a good enough good enough job, sort of like exploiting those old links to the community, or is it still very much Bronco country? So I would say I'll I'll answer that question from my perspective first, and then I'll say, but certainly from my perspective, as that story that I've just told you, I couldn't feel less connected to them with what's happened so far since they came in. Like the getting admitted to the comp was like huge, like the crescendo, right? Like that was just the best day. So excited. And I think over the off seat, like I'm just so keen for the footy to start. So I have some footy to watch because up until now, all I've had is the off field stuff, you know, so the name change, the Jersey colors, the signings, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and it just feels like slowly, but surely my keenness has kind of just dropped and dropped and dropped because there hasn't been a lot to get excited about my my main issue, which you mentioned there, is is the lack of. I don't even care if it's Redcliffe. I like I wouldn't care what it was called, but the fact that they haven't attached themselves to a geographic location, I think, has stripped away. And then if we can, you know, we'll go to like the general Brisbane public as well. Like my general feel is, it's like, are they Brisbane? Are they not Brisbane? Are they, you know, northern? Northern coast, are they, you know, they're, they're up to Rocky as well. So it's like, and, and a thing that I sat there and watched the NRL grand final this year and watched Penrith go back to back and every post-match interview that was, you know, we did it for the area. We did it for the people at home, all that kind of stuff. And look, we all know they're from Redcliffe. We know that they train and they live and they, you know, will play in Redcliffe and all that kind of stuff, but it just doesn't feel like that it's, like that there's that connection there yet um, that there's the, we're playing for the area where, because there's no real area, the area is everywhere. Right. Which, which will please a lot of people. I think maybe is there or like a wider, you know, geographic location of people, but I just wonder whether they said, you know, Brisbane needed this second team, but they're not Brisbane. Um, mm. Like, so it's like, is it a set? And it's the battle of Brisbane, you know, like, but, but they're not Brisbane. They're, they're, they're the, or they're Redcliffe or they're like, so it's just been a bit all over the shop. I think um, that look, don't get me wrong. I think there was a lot of people and I'm part of many Facebook groups, uh, which is always interesting. Uh, but there's I love any of- opinion. I love any opinion. It starts oh. with, I'm a member of many Facebook groups. The good people, the good people on NRL Dolphins sledging oh, outlaws. So good. Yeah. What they reckon? 
but like I've never been able to be a part of these groups, right? Of like, sure. club, right? So I'm like, I'm jumping in, I'm getting involved, and like, not gonna lie, there are many thousands of people in these groups who are so passionate about the Dolphs. Like, so there is obviously an appetite there, and it's people, not just people from Redcliffe, it's people from Brisbane who, like, you take my story, right, where I kind of jumped on board with the Bronx and the like, the 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 cows in the Bronx went in Gympie, and then the Bronx in Brisbane just by you know almost convenience because I lived in Brisbane and there were heaps of Broncos games there. I think there's a lot of people like that who are like, you know, they might've emigrated, emigrated up from Sydney or from Melbourne or, you know, wherever. Mm. And they're, they're up in Brisbane. They're like, well, the only games I can go to are Brisbane and stuff like that. But now I've got a team that I can support week in, week out and stuff like that. So there is some sort of migrating of people across and there does seem to be some excitement. I just question whether, they've leaned into it as well as they probably could have. And look, I'm not up in Rocky. I'm not out in, you know, the country areas where the the dolphins seem to have been pushing a lot. So there might be a big groundswell there, you know, up the sunshine coast and those kind of things. So I can't really comment on that, but, but certainly from uh yeah, from, from my personal standpoint, I think there, there's been a lot to left to be desired um, with the way that they've, approached it that's not to say i won't be you know there for the first game against the roosters and and really keen and stuff like that but yeah i do feel i, I need some footy because the offer yeah. stuff probably hasn't really wet my appetite all that much can you explain something for a lot of the listeners who maybe aren't aware of the sort of logistics of the queensland cup mm. what are the fans of the other sort of q cup teams that were on the dolphin sort of level who are not the team that's been chosen to rise above and be admitted to. How are they feeling about this? Have they all sort of jumped on board or are they all sort of now hating you even more? Like what's the general vibe for fans of those other Queensland cup clubs that were left in the dark? Like Campo is on the zoom right now. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you are a true rabid fan of your club, so winner, manly seagulls, you know, uh, like Ipswich jets, those kind of guys, Redcliffe was already a very hated club in the in the Queensland Cup. Like, I, I probably wouldn't go as far as to say the Roosters, but kind of like that. You know, if you if you're not a Roosters fan, like Redcliffe were relatively successful in the Q Cup. I think probably second in premierships to the North Devils potentially. Uh, but particularly recently, like since the Q, like it went from the BRL to the Q Cup. Redcliffe has been really, really successful. They've often had a lot of those Broncos, you know, coming back down and playing for them and those kind of things. So, you know, with a success, the other clubs will automatically be like, you know, those stupid dolphins and stuff like that. So I think any rabid fans probably not, haven't really jumped on board because it's probably just grown their hatred Mm. uh, or, or, or their dislike towards the dolphins. But I think there's a lot of casual fans, um, you know, who were like, Oh, you know, I like the Q cup. I like getting down to the footy on the weekend. Oh, the dolphins are in now. Yeah. I'm going to jump on board with that. So I think if you're somebody who's been like a rabid, you know, win a manly fan for 20 years, you're not all of a sudden being like, Oh, how good the dolphins are in. Um, But I think they'll pick up a few of those. Yeah. Rising, and it's interesting. Above, rising, rising above that sort of back alley Tribalism. Q Cup yeah. bullshit, which I say with a lot of affection, rising above that is a really important thing for the Dolphins. But Absolutely. like you mentioned before, just not having that sort of fixed location, that place that they can point on the map and say that's where we're from. I feel like there was a lot of answers they could have gone with. They could have gone with North Brisbane. They could have just gone with Brisbane. They could have gone with Queensland Dolphins. The only wrong answer was not having an answer. 
Mm. You know, that's what I mean? exactly. so they, oh, hi, mate, uh, and, and it's, yeah, and it just, it just seems such a strange note to get. It, it seems like that's sort of been the tone setter for their entire preparation into the league. You know what I mean? I think rugby league has a real problem with new stuff. It very rarely does new things well, and even when it does, because it's new and because rugby league as a sport is so addicted to nostalgia, it's very easy for for a big backlash to come in. So because of that, I'm surprised that they didn't stress the old ways a little bit more, you know what I mean? Just to give themselves a little bit of credibility because when you look at the logo, when you look at the jersey, it all feels new but not in an exciting way, you know what I mean? Like even I would say even when the Titans came in, which is probably the best case example for what we've got compared to the Finns, the Titans at least, I I thought they that that felt fresh, that felt new and different and innovative, you know what I mean? And this kind of feels like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, with the entire situation. So I, I like, I, I was really excited when the Finns came in just because they hadn't been a new team in so long. And mm-hmm. I thought it would be really easy for them to sort of ride the wave of opinion and really have people super keen to see what a new team is going to look like. But instead I feel like there's, it's the reaction to, the, to, to, to their debut in a couple of weeks time. It, I think it's going to feel pretty tepid. Like I, I don't think it's going to really get off with the, with the bang and the exciting start that everybody, not just Finns fans, but that everybody would want I, for a new club. I really hope they're smart enough to just make tickets like dirt cheap for that game and the, they can get as close to filling that stadium as they possibly can because that's the best message you can send is to sort of get that groundswell going immediately and seeing a packed house for that first game would really go a long way, I think, to getting people on board. But yeah, I, I agree, Nick. The, the only thing they couldn't do was not do anything, which is what they've done. And it will just open itself up to jokes in the future where we've said the, the like a million times and we're going to keep doing it over and over again. And I, I think it's maybe just sort of like a metaphor for everything they've done so far. Like Brian came on the show last year, the day it was confirmed, we were really excited about what was going to happen. And we thought about the best case possibilities for everything. And it's been sort of every aspect of it. We've sort of dreamed about the best case scenarios. And then we've been handed something that's a lot worse. We dreamed about them being called the Redcliffe Dolphins or having a cool name. That didn't happen. We, we we thought they might have a really cool logo. That didn't really happen. We thought their jerseys would be sick. That hasn't really happened either. Although they are better than I thought they would be once I actually saw people wearing that, them. I did want to mention that because I yeah. I, I watched, um, I didn't see that trial live. I watched a replay of it um, earlier this morning. Yeah. And when I did see the vanilla coat jerseys on the field, I was like, that's actually... I kind of wanted a vanilla Coke. I'm not going to lie. Not, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, I still yeah. think the, the gold just looks awful. Weird. I can't stand the, I can't, not as bad I can't as stand I that big lump of gold at the bottom. If it was yeah. a couple of bars, maybe then that it'd go better. But yeah. I did watch it. I did. They. I thought they did look like a real footy team. Yeah. And no one can take that away from and, them. And then on top of that, there's the, we, they dreamed about getting Latrell. They dreamed about getting Cam Munster. They dreamed about getting Brandon Smith. And no disrespect to the guys they did get, but they didn't really land anybody that's even they needed, they close needed to that caliber. They needed to land They had to, even, yeah. Even like Campo's point about the Titans, right? Like, yeah, like I don't care how much you had to pay and people were talking about, oh, we needed value and, and, and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, okay. And they threw a bucket load of money at Munster, but they needed to throw a bucket load of money at every, marquee slash star player they were trying to get to yep. get someone i mean you look at that you look at yeah. that you look at that titans team there's luke bailey preston campbell matt rogers scotty prince uh you know a couple other guys just like, one uh, of them just just yeah, any of those guys to yeah. get excited about to, for, for, right. for us to all sit there and be like holy shit 
Cam, we got Cam Munster. Like, how good is this? We're getting behind him. He's the star player. He, like, you need that. Like, I think they've put together a very, you know, deep, albeit no, you know, superstar squad. And and it's, you know, it's across the board. And, and you could argue it's good value. And, and moving into three, four years down the track, we'll talk about they've got some good juniors and all that kind of stuff. But they needed a guy. They needed a guy. And the fact that they did not get a guy, I don't care how many times they say it in public, that was not a good thing for them. Like, they, like, you know what they should have done? Yeah, they, hit, should, they, should, they should sign Scott Prince. Oh, mate. Get Scott, get Scott Prince in there as a foundation, foundation captain. Yeah, he's still yeah. got it. Oh, he can't tackle. I don't care. He never could. <laughs> Just do it all again. Just sign all the other seven Titans again. Get Preston out there. Get the, him, Matty I'll, Rogers, I'll as if you wouldn't want to watch Matty Rogers run around again. Yeah, it's Jeez. true. But it'll work, it'll, work, it'll work for a couple of weeks at least. Yeah. With, the, um, with the ticket prices, I will give them credit. So I'm a member. i got a membership with my daughter and myself for the season. It's just a red membership. So, you know, probably near the base. You didn't get the Cliff uh, membership? I did not. No, I didn't. I didn't. But 110, 120 bucks for the year really and tickets yeah. to every game. Um, That's fantastic. But I'm more meant for like the one-off, like first game. I think it's really important that they fill that stadium as much as they can. Yeah. So, just so make there, it there, are, there are like, you know, that, that I think that's more than palatable. Um, yeah. Most people, which is, you know, which that's is really, really cheap, actually. It's really, yeah. really And then like even something so small and we talk about the little stuff ups, like oh, I even thought their social stuff, like they just got admitted. We're in this era where, you know, socials weren't huge, even when the Titans came in. So they're coming in when social media is so huge. Their social stuff was shit ass to start. I'm sorry to whoever the socials person was, if they're listening, but it was no good. And I'm like, oh my God, this is such an opportunity to really pump stuff out in the socials and have all this stuff happening and have the Dolphins be this amazing like social media, new team, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't even good. So I'm sitting there just going, oh, as you say, get something, we, you know, we, get something right. We can't all be social media phenomenons, Brian. <laughs> it's true. Not all of us have that capability. You're talking about the squad. I had another look at it this morning and looking like looking at it all put together, I do like it a little bit more than I, than I did when it was all initially assembled, but it's like it's like they've it's like they've built the entire squad and then just forgotten to get a couple of marquees. Yeah. Like uh, say I, say say you dropped one out and out star on this roster and one sort of not a not a superstar but pretty close, then all of a sudden I'd be feeling much much better about it. But as it stands, it's almost like it's like they've got a steak dinner with all the trimmings, but then forgot to add the steak. Yeah. Like so they've got some. Yeah. People have asked me what I thought, and I said yeah. the gap between player one and player 25 in the squad is the least in the whole comp. Yeah, that's I it. Think, or every other club, if you look at player one and player 25, the gap between those two players is quite large. In the Dolphins, it is not large at all. Like Which, which guy have they signed that you're most excited about? Oh, like if we're if we if we're going for just in general Isaiah Katoa, purely like you know for future and stuff like that, I think he has the potential to be the biggest star there. Um, I think for this year, you probably have to go either Tommy Gilbert or Hamaso. Um, just uh, like Hamaso, I think would be it by default, but I still don't know whether he's a fullback or not. I probably haven't seen enough to sort of be convinced that he's going to star there. 
Um, but yeah, I think overall, I think Isaiah Katoa who, and this is, you know, like my thing is that who knows if he'll even get a game this year. I think he probably will towards the back end at least, um, especially if one of the halves go down, but yeah, Isaiah Katoa definitely like he just looks like he's got all the potential in the world to be, yeah, really, really good. Yeah. he he came with. I mean, people were calling him the best young halfback in 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 the game uh, last year when you signed him. So that's always exciting. It doesn't always pan out, but it's nice to have that hope. Um, your man Valence Taware looks extremely exciting. Yeah, I was really disappointed that you didn't say he was the guy you were most excited about, Brian. Yeah, he's he's one B. <laughs> but I like, and I've got in my notes here, like with Tawari, it like Tafare, sorry, like he could just be anything, right? Like he like he could be one of the best centers in the comp. He could also get really found out in defense because he's a bit bigger out on the edge, you know, and NRL teams with their, like, because he only learned the game last year, right? Like he came from New Zealand where he played union his entire life, never played league before. And learnt, you know, learnt to play rugby league last year, like in the centres, on the wing, which like defensively, that's probably the hardest, you know, thing to learn at that stage. Like he knows how to run and beat people off or tackle, like, you know, beat, break tackles and stuff like that. But it learning that defensive structure and he wins, um, he wins centre of the year in Q Cup. So like, you know, the, the potential is huge there. Uh, you just wonder once NRL, you know, with their their ability to watch tape and all that kind of stuff, do they just absolutely towel him up uh, defensively? That's probably my one concern there, whether he can keep up with that. But he's definitely got the most excitement factor. Like if he's if he's not in the round one team, I'm going to be pretty filthy. It doesn't look like he is, but like that that'll be pretty disappointing. You said he hadn't played a lot of league before, but he'd been he's been a large boy his entire life, and you can't teach that. You can't teach that and you can't learn that. You either have it or you don't. Mm. If, if if people don't know who we're talking about, his name is Wylands Tavare. He was a Kiwi rugby player that the Finns brought over last year. I think he was one of their first, like, five. Yeah, he was. Running, he they was. got him really, really early. And, like, when we say he's big, I'm not talking about him being 6'5 and jacked up. <laughs> we're talking I'm about talk- a chunky like, boy. We're talking, Yeah, we're talking about a, a large lad. You know what I mean? Like, you see him, you see him in the jersey, you think he's a front rower. And... I don't know if he can tackle. I don't know if he can do anything, but I know this for sure. He can run the fuck over people. Yeah, and if you can do that, you got a spot in, you got a spot in my heart. He, you know, he reminds me of, and this is one for the under twenties freaks out there for all like my, my Holden cup killers. There was a guy at Manly in the same team as Tom Trebojevich. His name was Addison. Addison Demetriou. Yes. Let's and go. For the first half of the season, I think it, I think it was like 2016. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but him and Turbo were the only good players in this Manly team, pretty much. And at the middle at the middle part of the year, Addison Dimitriou switched from prop to center, and he went from a middling front rower to putting up numbers that, like, if I had if I didn't see them happen, I would have, I would have assumed it was a statistical error, like running for 270 meters a game. There was one game, I swear to God, he broke 21 tackles. Based on this half season of, of centre after, again, playing prop for his entire life beforehand, he got nominated for player of the year. He never played first grade. I think he's playing for New but he did. Right but he did play. But he did play for the Dolphins. That's right, he did. But uh, he's also in jail right now. I will never, yeah, but I'll tell you what, if they want to do like a longest yard style rugby league prison movie and yep. Chrissy Sando's unavailable, then oh. Addison Dimitri 
He'd be he'd be my he'd be my backup. I mean, you talk about one. you talk about devastating runners, Campo. This is a line from the Daily Telegraph story. Police used multiple bursts of pepper spray on Demetrio. However, it had no effect as he managed to break free and run away. I'll tell you, what, hard to contain, hard to <laughs> contain. So if, if if we if we're getting if we're getting like the Kiwi remix of Addison Demetrio in Violence Tavare, then I'm super pumped. I can't wait for it. I'm, glad I'm, you brought up. I'm glad you brought up the Hammer and Tommy Gilbert. Because yeah, yeah. they are the other Tom two Gilbert's signings that I really like. Like Tom Gilbert was the first signing they made. Then I was like, like yeah. "That's a good signing." Yeah, I was yeah. Like, fuck yeah, that's good stuff. That's mm. good stuff. I'm not. I'm. I'm really confident that he'll be very good for them. I'm not as confident in the hammer. Like we all love. We all love Tabai feet out, right? Because we all love really fast dudes. You know mm. who do, who doesn't love someone who runs so fast he makes everybody else look slow. But I do have concerns about his about his motor, especially if he's playing fullback. And I think that was sort of what made him drop out of the Cowboys back line last year is like, he just wasn't mm. doing enough. He's got a very sort of languid casual style to him. Um, and I want to see sort of an uptick in work rate this year, but if there's someone who can bring that out of him, you would think it's Wayne Bennett because yeah. he's got a lot more out of players with a, with a lot less. So if there is a really great player inside of Tabo Ifeda, I'm pretty confident Bennett will find it. My, yeah, one no. of the... There you go. No, you go. I'm good. Yeah, um, yeah, I think and I hope that like sort of falling out of favor in that Cowboys team might be the kick up the ass that he needs because the natural gifts that he have are so obvious. I mean, we saw him score that try at Leichhardt that day a couple of years ago, Camper. Like he he's a fantastic talent. And um yeah, uh if they, if you're looking for guys that are gonna be breakout stars of this team, who are gonna be the excitement machines that they need to sort of win casual fans over, he is one of those guys, along with the guys you already talked about, he's one of those guys right at the top of that list in that regard. Because as good as as workmanlike as Mark Nichols is and as reliable as the Kafusis or whoever else might be, you're gonna they're not the kind of guys that are gonna get bums in seats. They're not gonna kind of guys that are gonna convert kids to who are little Broncos fans into being little Dolphins fans. But guys like Fast Guy and Tavare, well, could be those guys. And I think that's that's kind of my thing where I'm at. Like, I'll be really filthy if Tafari isn't in round one purely for that factor. Like, I, I just look at it and I'm like, you know, you look at the other options sort of on the wing and you've got your Oliver Gildarts and your, uh, you know, Robert Jennings' his name there this weekend and stuff like that. And, and my argument is, like, we've seen these guys. Like, Gildart probably a little bit less so, but we, we've seen these guys in the NRL. We know relatively what they are there hasn't been a lot you know to really perk me up on the player front like just throw a tafari in there and see what we can get out of him like if it's not round one then it's got to be soon because like that's the way you're going to win fans over because once again like it's more than likely they won't win a shitload of games this year so if they're not winning a heap of games but we're still having a rollout and watch the same blokes play week in week out that's going to be that's going to be the real test like you talk about winning fans over and stuff like that like if they're not if they're as not successful as people expect them to be and they're still and Wayne's like still rolling out those seasoned first graders who just you know aren't getting the job done that's going to be that'll like that'll test even the most hardened fans i think Ryan can i interest you in Tavare on one side with a winger to be named later and then those rowdy Lee cousins on the oh, other mate, side. You, you just, are. Carrying, just carrying on, just mixing <laughs> it up, just seeing what's going on out there. Uh, and they're, they're 2020 strong. decide, I never forget. Like I didn't that, that's, that that's, the, the, that's the other sort of duo signing that 
I got excited by it. not because I don't I know if they'll be any good or not. Although I do think Edric Lee had a really good year last year for yeah. the Knights. It's just you you combine their powers and anything's like literally anything is possible. If they can win an Origin decider, there are there are no limits to what they can achieve on Queensland soil. Yeah, Jesse Bromwich could be standing there on Grand Final day, thanks to the Lee cousins holding mm. the you know the premiership up and just being like you know the for fa- all those who said this was the worst NRL team. Of the time, <laughs> this is for you. It hurts me that Corey Allen's not involved. <laughs> How yeah. was he not on this team? How did he not end up with them? Like, how did he, he, he he was the honorary third Lee boy. Like yeah. that, he was a part of this. And yeah, now is it the Roosters, which makes me very sad. It's going from he left the house to go to the Bulldogs and the Roosters. Like it was like they were trying to hurt me on purpose. Anyway, but there's two there's two um times this has happened in the past like decade or so in New South Wales, Brian, where I've watched this happen, and it can go one of two ways. One of them is when the Giants came in in the AFL and they were such a non-factor to the point that. A lot of Swans fans I know were like their members when they were founded. And so like I've got mates who are Swans fans whose names are on the mural at the Giants stadium because they just wanted to support the new team when they came in and like got a membership, whatever, to the point where when they made a grand final, absolutely no one cared. Campbell, you'll remember it was the day after the 2019 Raiders South prelim. I had to go and cover the Giants live site in Homebush um, during their grand final. There's about 300 people there. Like no oh, one gave a that's sh- gen- That's generous. Yeah. There was a hundred yeah. at first. <laughs> okay. and, and by full time when they lost by a thousand goals, it was about 50. But like, that's like one end of the spectrum when this new team came in, no one gave a shit. No one cared about them. They didn't really take any fans away from anybody else. That's not going to happen here. But then the other end of the spectrum, and maybe it's not as strong now as it was maybe five years ago, is when the Wanderers came in. And this was a team that represented a lot of people who did not feel like they were represented by Sydney FC in the same way that there were a lot of rugby league fans in the greater Brisbane or sort of central Queensland area who didn't feel like they were represented by the Broncos. And when they came in initially, people like me, Sydney fans, like, oh, that's cute. Look at them go. But then by the end of their, like five, six weeks in, when they were actually competitive, I fucking hated them. And that's really the best case scenario, I think, for the Dolphins is that we go from is this they're not just treated like a sort of embarrassing little brother afterthought type like the titans still are by the broncos to this day but rather they're somehow able to rise to the level of genuine bitter hated rival because if there was an actual genuine like south roosters level rivalry in brisbane that would be the best thing possible for the national rugby league and that's yeah it's exactly what i'm saying about like the q cup stuff like i know what that feels like being a redcliffe dolphins q cup fan nothing would make me happier than for other fans to hate us in that regard like the that was my problem with the whole let's try and please everyone let's call it the dolphins and try and get everyone on board I'm like, that's not what sport's about. Sport isn't about like your team appealing to every person in the country because then there's no passion. Everyone's kind of like, oh yeah, you're all right. Like you want your people and you want everyone else to not like you, like not like your people because you're up against, like that's rivalry. It's tribalism. That's what sport is to me. So yeah, you're preaching to the choir. I think you've nailed it. Like that is what I want to feel. I want, I don't want fans to be, you know, talking about us like in pity, which it seems like a lot of it is at the moment. You want to be talked about like that. Like I'm yeah. sure, you know, Roosters and Storm fans, you well, know, they, like they were, and Panthers fans, you know, they well, would all love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I can, I've lived this, mate. Like when, the, when South were reinstated, they were absolute dog shit for so long and people were just sort of like, oh, that they won a game. That's nice. And it fucking sucks. It's awful. Yeah. And now that we're good every year, 
people hate us. They hate our players. They hate, well, they hated Wayne Bennett and he's not there anymore. They hate us. And it's much, much better. Because if you hate it, it means you're probably winning stuff. Yeah, right. apathy's apathy's death in this mm. game. It really is. Bungard, you mentioned the Giants and the Wanderers, right? And I think they're real, they're two good examples of how things can go for the Finns, right? So to me, the big without going into the, you know, whether Sydney's an AFL town or a soccer town or demographics or any shit like that, the number one key difference to me is the Giants lost badly for a long time before they That's were in good. good. Point. And the Wanderers were good straight away. The they Wanderers made the grand made their, final in their, first, the grand year, final yeah. in their first year. The Giants won three games in their first two seasons, right? And if we want to bring it back home to league a little bit, the last two like genuine expansion teams that came in are the Titans of the Storm. Storm were good right away. Finals first year, grand final second year. Titans took until their third season to make the finals. But after that, they made the prelim the next year. And they were getting crowds of nearly 20,000 to, to Skill Park every week. Which, if you think about that now, when you know just getting anyone to care about the Titans at all is really, really difficult. That sounds like something from another universe. So I can appreciate that the Finns want to go slow and build something sustainable. But if you want people to care, if you want people to invest, then you've got to win early. And just looking at the roster, I'm not sure that they can do it. As good, like, as, good as Wayne Bennett is, like everyone knows that Wayne Bennett is probably the best coach ever, but there's limits to even what he can do. And... I personally think that this is probably the worst club side he's ever had to coach. Even worse than like sort of that last year at Newcastle. Cause if you look at that, he still had Darius Boyd, who was a really good player that year, a state of origin player and all that. And a cup and a team that had made the prelim the year before he's never had to coach a team this poor, probably since the early eighties when he first went over to Souths in Brisbane. So we're asking him to, to really, really, really get blood from a stone on this one. And, that's hard for any coach. It's hard for any coach. So I, that's the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge for me is, is going to be being competitive. Because if, if they win, all these problems we've talked about go away. Everyone mm. will think, oh, wow, the Jays actually look pretty good. Oh, wow, no, they, they're not from anywhere. That's actually fucking great. Right? That's what people would say if they win. But I just don't think they're going to. Yeah, and that's what it I'm saying. Be a tough I, one. I just need footy. I need, I, like, I need footy. Like, I don't think it's going to be great, but I just need something to take me away from all the other shit that has happened. I just want to watch the team play on the weekend. And yeah, like I don't think the losses will hurt all that much early because you're not expecting much. Um, but it's once, yeah, you want to start seeing those wins at some point. Um, you know, if it's not this season, uh, certainly soon. Yeah. Uh, mate, look, um, so Brian, what is your best case scenario for this season? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a tough question. I Like I think, I could see Wayne sprinkling the dust and maybe getting them to the upper half of the bottom eight, potentially. Um, I think there are some teams, you know, some other teams in the comp that could struggle depending on, you know, coaching and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, there's a few people, who, you know, oh, going all out and sort of saying they'll make the eight and all that kind of stuff. And I just look at the top eight, like, you know, the predicted top eight and you've got, you know, sides like the Raiders, you know, like those kind of guys who are predicted to be in the, your, your Canberra Raiders, Nick, who like you look at them on, like on paper and on paper's all we've got at this point in time. And it's just chalk and cheese. Like it's not even close, like for me. So I think it'll be really tough for them, even if they outperform everything to, to make like, say make a finals run in their first season. 
but like my, to be honest with you, me personally, my best case is that they don't do what I said before and stick with like those just guys, like those guys who we all know. Get, what the, they get are. the kids, get the kids in yeah, there. Yeah, get, get. Tafari in there, get Katara in there. Mason Teague is an absolute gun. Like he's, you know, there's so much excitement there with him. Harrison Graham's a young hooker. He played out at Winter Manly near where I work. And like, he's known so well amongst everyone there. He's like, you know, oh, like Harrison Graham, absolute gun. So get these guys in who have a bit of excitement. And if you truly are building, like they're talking about building and we're slow burn and stuff like that. Obviously, don't throw them to the wolves, but give us give us some excitement with those younger guys. I think that's my best case scenario: is that mm. they they give us some guys to look at that we can get excited about. Yeah, Nick, you the other day said they were your pick for the wooden spoon. Is that still the case? They are still my pick for the wooden spoon. My my ladder is not written in pencil; it's written in ink. And even if I have like things that I want to reconsider, I put like five minutes of thought into this ladder, and that's not five minutes I'm ever willing to give back. Well, so yeah, I'm sorry to do this to you, Bri, but I got him. I got him dead last, man. Very unexpected. I do. Nick, mm. I, that, that's come from nowhere. You must be one of the only people who's done that. So, I know. Yeah. Like, like it's it's very brave of me to do so. <laughs> I think. Although I will say this, I will say this. I think they get their first ever win against Canberra in round two. I think. I think that's pretty. That's pretty nailed <laughs> on. Well, that's what South. That's what South did in O two when they came back. This first well, ever Cam- win was Canberra's got Canberra's got Cowboys away first week, and then Brisbane, and then. Redcliffe away second week. So yeah. they're playing in yeah. Brisbane in the hottest part of the year. That's Twice. fucked. It yeah, shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. It should be against the law for Canberra to play up there at that time of year. It's a um, disgrace. I'll do a lot of things, but one thing I won't do is pick a Wayne Bennett team to get the wooden spoon. So I've got him at the lofty heights of 16th, <laughs> which, you know. Have you got uh, in, in out of interest? All right, because those we've recorded a bunch of these in advance. It hasn't come out yet. Uh, the Titans. Oh, uh, the Titans one's out. What's your excuse? It came out yesterday. Sort it out. So oh, I have I have a busy schedule and I'm really popular. Grow up. <sighs> uh, I tell you, it's a tough life. I'll bet it is, mate. I'll bet it is. Nah, not as tough as watching the Dolphins in the last few weeks of the year. This year. No, nah, you'll be fine. I don't know. It's all right. It's just exciting to have a new team, really. And yeah, they yeah. fuck up a lot of it. But you know, you as you said, when the footy starts, I'll be like, fuck yeah, new team. Let's go. Yeah, I know, I know it gets a lot of criticism on Twitter, but very much the vibes at the moment are just happy to be here. Like it is, it is very much just, you know, mm. look, I, I never despite the, you know, the standing of the dolphins in the Q Cup. I never really expected this to happen. Um, so for for this to be the reality is super cool for someone like myself. So yeah, I think I'll ride that way for a little bit. Um, but yeah, there'll there'll come a point where that'll switch over and I'll start being like, come on, guys, like you know, we've got to do something. Yeah. The honeymoon's got to end at some stage. Yeah. I I do reckon though, it's a really easy and lazy comparison that a lot of people are doing, and they're saying, oh, there's a bit of the there's a bit of the crushes about the dolphins. Mm. And it's like, to me, the two situations couldn't be, couldn't be further apart. You know, the Dolphins could like get the wooden spoon in their first four years. They're not going anywhere. Like they're not getting kicked out of the mm, they're, yeah. they're for the long haul now, man. Oh, financially, like, they are. You know, you can see why they picked them financially. Like yeah. they are so solid. One of the most solid like clubs in the comp already. Um, you know, it's just, so it's just, it's just too bad. No good players want that money. Yeah, it's exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly right. So yeah, give it so. a couple of years. We'll yeah, that once they learn how to do the brown paper bags and you know, mm. uh, you know, in the back, back, uh, in the boot of the cars and stuff like that, I'm sure boats. Wow, this it'll be fine. Headline grab: Popular NRL media figure drops 
paper bag bombshell on prominent podcast. prominent dolphins associate. Yeah, wow. Have you guys addressed actually just in a weird tangent, like Anthony Mundine admitting tax fraud, like when no statute <laughs> I, of limitations? I, like I missed this. What happened? He admitted that he got paid in brown paper bags at the bar. Oh, that's and that's hilarious. Oops, friend of the show. And he's like, yeah, there's no statute of limitations on that. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, are you gonna are you gonna call the money cops on him or something, Brian? <laughs> I don't I know. Mate. I think he's just about called the cops on himself with that admission. Like, yeah. Yeah, Come on, like, what are you well, doing? Well, who would you know I trust? What? You know what? Let's, <laughs> let's strip let's strip the Super League title off him. I agree. Let's do it. Let's that, do it. That, that, Mitch that is gone. I'm in charge now. Super League doesn't count anymore. We're taking oh, the entire competition. Wait, will be stri- wait, will be stri- wait. Struck from the record. Hang on. If that if that if that's stripped from them and it goes to my beloved Cronulla Sharks, that doubles their premiership title. And suddenly, maybe I do think Super League counts. <laughs> I don't no, know. It doesn't go to anyone. The competition mm. didn't happen. It was a lie, a fabrication. This is an watched, ARL show now. Man. I watched Andrew Eddinghausen and. The rest of them all <laughs> play so well that day. In Your beloved Russell Richardson played in that game. I, think I he did too. Try too, and Mate, you that's my... remember. That's why you're not true Super League man. That's, well, yeah, I've never claimed to be, but Russell Richardson was the first person to score a hat trick for Souths after reinstatement, which is a crazy stat. Who yeah. will be the first guy to score a hat trick for the? Oh yeah, go on, Brian. Fast guy, surely. Uh, so. Edric Lee outside Branko Lee. Three wow. chairs. Yes. They're, they're back. I'm moving, them up, I'm moving them up to 15. Oh, what, happened, what happened to the ink, Captain? The ink. I the ink was dry. Pens, man. <laughs> Lee Cousins are the only thing that change ink. Yep. They are the liquid paper in this scenario. All right. Uh, Brian, anything to promote before we get out of here? Uh, no, guys. Look, you know where I am. Check me on socials. Uh, I'm sure I'll be at the first game. Uh, so yeah, I'll probably won't be tweeting through all um, my tears. What if that. what if Boom Rookie sponsors a stall outside the stadium for the first game and feel like perverts to come show you their weird injuries? Mate, I'm all for it. Oh, like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the that, like I'm you know I'm trying to be you know looking at all these partnerships. That's my dream partnership right there. Looking at ankles all day every day. <laughs> like a Victorian (laughs) weirdo. Outstanding. All right. Thanks for coming on, Brian. Say goodbye. Bye, guys. Say goodbye, Cambo. Bye, team. And it's goodbye from me.